This morning, I want to talk to you about a different word, not homicide, but regicide. Regicide. Our message this morning will be regicide. She's killing our kings. She's killing our kings. You with me this morning? Do I got your attention? Amen. Regicide is, a, is an old Latin word. Uh, it's kind of like homicide, right? Homicide is like killing another person. We get that, right? But regicide is the killing of a king. You've seen it many times in the regime uh, and many regime changes within Israel. We've seen this is actually uh, um, uh, a mid-century word, right, that's come to us, right? When one regime wants to take over another, they commit regicide. They remove a king from its place. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about what's trying to remove our kings. We're going to talk to you about the spirit of Athalia this morning. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. We've been learning a lot about our future kings, the next generation that's coming up, those who are coming up under us. And listen, biblically speaking, if you're 12 years and above, the Bible considers you an adult. So you got to ask yourself today, who are you living for? Yourself or those coming behind you? If you're able to procreate and to create life, then you are now responsible for the lives that you have influence over and into. Are you with me this morning? Second yeah. Kings 11. We've been camping here a lot. And Pastor Landon and, and Pastor Kaysen uh, did a phenomenal job on giving us an overview from the things that we learned from our One Association Conference and moved into a little more thorough look at these passages. Do you remember some of those things? Yeah. I'll do my best to give you a little bit of recap, but we're actually going to move on from the recaps today. 2 Kings 11 says when Athalia, say Athalia. Now we all agree on how to pronounce that. The mother of Ahaziah saw that her son was dead. She proceeded to destroy the whole royal family. Some of you people who are are biblically literate and also we're all biblically literate. I got to be nice. Right. Some of you who are, are well aware of these passages. Right understand when someone when when a statement like she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family like that's a big deal right if somebody's coming to your house you thought they were a friend and all of a sudden right they're now sitting at your dinner table and you just get a revelation wait 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 a minute you're actually here to actually take out my genealogy my my entire family that would change things for you right so she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family which was the line of David. Now, Jehoshiba, the daughter of King Jehoram, the sister of Haziah, took Joash, son of Haziah, and stole him away from among the royal princesses who were about to be murdered. So he's a baby. Now he gets taken away, uh, hidden away. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah. No. Athalia, thank you. I was just testing you guys. I'm from the South, so it comes out like that. So I'm getting you to help me be in agreement with you. So that he was not murdered or killed. He remained hidden with his nurse at the temple of the Lord for how many years? Six. For six years while Athalia ruled the land. While Athalia ruled the land. Joash was the seed of David. He was ne- he was in line to be enthroned. But Athaliah was saying, no, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to usurp the throne and make sure that this upcoming generation does not get it. I'm going to sit in its place so that he can't 
And better than that, I'm going to remove him from the planet. Saints, Joash was a seven-year-old by the time that he sits on the throne. He's six years old, somewhere around here. Right? He's the line of David. And Jehoiada, this old faithful priest and the remnant of people who took the weapons of old, we learned, right, to defeat the current demonic attack on the future seed, rose up to actually do something about it. This morning's sermon is about Athaliah. But why Athaliah? Because Athaliah is about the product of what the last generation produced. It's about what the last generation produced. You see, there's some things that you're producing in and of your generation, but there's other things that you have to deal with that came from those who went before you. Are you with me? Athaliah is about the, the produce or the product of what the last generation produced and you get to deal with. Are you with me today? Yeah. As we're walking through these passages, you're going you're gonna to hear uh, of these Bible characters that sound, well, a lot like your mother, a lot like your father, and maybe even a lot like you. That's because Genesis 1.11 says everything reprodu- reproduces after its own kind. In your Bible, especially in the Torah, there's, a, there's a, a principle in your word of the spirit of duality, right? At the same time, right, a giraffe produces a, dura- a giraffe, but at, uh, and, and equally at the same time, spiritually speaking, spiritual things produce of its own kind as well. Are you with me? Yes. Saints, these passages deal with generational issues. As we walk through these, I want you to know that you are responsible for your own life. That means blame shifting of those who came before you, right, will keep you from being healed. This is what Ezekiel 18, 20 says when he said, for the soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer from the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer of the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. For too long, we blame our mom and daddy because of what we act or the way we act. Right. Right. Well, I came from this. That's why I am this way. That's the reason that you're not healed fully right now. When you take the responsibility, right, your scripture goes on to say that every man has been handed down an empty way of life. Every man. Right. You could have been produced by the finest Christians on the planet. You still have some emptiness in your heart and some places in your life that only God reserves to be healed by him. So that makes us all on equal ground. There's no elitism in the kingdom, saints. There's no elite. That's foolishness, right? I stand behind a pulpit, right, and preach. You know what? Preaching is, is not an office. It's an actual command, and you should all be doing it. We're all preachers. Saints, even though you may be saved, anybody saved in the house of God this morning? Right? It is so important to be transformed into the image and the likeness of Christ, which is what breaks the generational curses handed down to you from this world. Molestation was a thing that visited my family line. Time, every generation. It was like every single generation. It was, and I could see even in, in some of my aunts and uncles and, and parents, right? It was just kind of like, yeah, it's a given. And when it happens, we're like, yeah, it happened to me. So I'm gonna, you know, it's okay, baby. It's like, no, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. So when, when Jesus saved me and set me into his kingdom and gave me a wife and we begin to have babies, we said, we're not having that. That's not, that does not have to visit my house. That will not visit 
my generation. That will not be something that my children have to experience. Jesus breaks the curse. He breaks every curse. But you know what we didn't do to get there? We didn't simply pray, Jesus, take this away and wait for him to just like mystically, poof, okay, cool, it didn't happen. No, that doesn't work. You know what we did? We did the word. We actually put the word in the practice. We had the heart conversations with the family members, right? First cousin saying, hey, I want, I want Devin to come and, and stay over tonight. And I'm like, listen, I love you, but no, it's just a no for me, right? Does that create a little friction in the house? Yes, right? But you know what it creates? A man that had never known molestation like I did. He's never known it. Neither has Dylan, neither has Anna. They've never known it. And you know what? When they put the word into practice too, their children have never known, have known it either. And that pattern's broken. Are you with me this morning? <laughs> Jesus said it plainly. You reap what you sow, right? Right? So that means, right? If your mother's a witch and you act like her, then you get a witch's reward. If your father's a fool, right, and you act like a fool, then you get your father's reward. Yeah. Pretty, pretty simple, right? Yeah. Hmm. But if you act like Jesus, do you get what you deserve? <laughs> no, you get what he deserves. That's good news. Amen. Pastor Landon said it well. The last generation's compromise has become this generation's captivity. Where they compromised, it now imprisoned you. And it's the things that you have to work through and the things that were handed to you. You're like, where did this come from? All of a sudden, I didn't realize that I had to actually, um, I have some chains and some imprisonments and some things that I don't really understand where they came from, right? And it's God giving you the opportunity, not the obstacle, to turn to him and say, hey, you did come out of this soil, so you have a pattern of propensity to act like this. But if you will be transformed into the image and likeness of Christ, you will stop doing these things and get this reward instead. And not only will you get the reward of what you can actually do, you'll get the reward that Jesus deserves instead. That, that's, a, that's a good rate of return right there. Can I get an amen in the house of God? Well, although it may seem like Athaliah was spawned straight out of Sheol, if you read the text. She came from somewhere. She was just like you. She was a sweet little child born into a family. She was given the opportunity to win just like you, except her father was Ahab and her mother was Jezebel. I mean, Jezebel. She was born into this. And had to either acclimate to it or reject it. Oh, man, did she acclimate? Your origins do tell you a lot about yourself. It says predetermined to be conformed into the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers, many brothers. <laughs> There's such a spirit of, spirit of individuality over our land, Right. It makes you think that this whole thing's about you. But it's not. It's about God. There's something to be said. There's some things that, that'll be, uh, there's some things that will only be healed in your life that come through being healed by being immersed in the body of Christ. Meaning there's some things that you get healed from individually. Other things God reserves for you to be healed when you start to run together with other folks. It's why the enemy works so hard to keep the body divided. 
It's why the enemy loves, right, to actually encourage giant crowds, right, where you can get lost in and never really grow close to one another. Second Kings 11, 3 said what? I'll tell you what it said. Athalia ruled the land. She ruled the land. In that time, the spirit of Athalia ruled the land. Well, in order to understand her, you have to understand her origins and where she came from. Can I walk you through that for a minute? Her father was Ahab. Saints, in your Bible, Ahab represented leadership with God, given authority that constantly abdicated his authority through passivity. Were you here last week? The pastors didn't introduce you to that. They reiterated that to you very well. Ahab represented leadership with God. That had God given authority that constantly abdicated his authority through passivity. He was a man who absorbed everything but initiated nothing. You ever meet people like that? Yeah, we get him on social media a lot. He was a passive man. Ahab was a shy man. Ahab was an indifferent man. Ahab was an insecure man, which made him a coward. And Revelation says cowards will not enter the kingdom. That ought to make you take note. He was a man who avoided conflict at all cost. Ahab, as the pastor said last week, needed to be needed. Saints, if Jesus fulfills that for you, you don't need you don't have to get this romance going with every other brother around. Right. Just to get your affections met. You're actually met. And then you can show up and actually be a blessing to your brother instead of a leech. Ahab liked to be liked. (laughs) It's been a minute since I got a pat on my back. Mm. Ahab was over concerned with pleasing other men. And he never hesitated to have his wife do the difficult things for him. Praise God, that's none of you in this place. Saints Ahab was the kind of man that would say nothing, do nothing, and try nothing. If that's you, you're an Ahab. If you are under 50, are you under 50 in this house today? This is the majority of your Christian male leadership that you've experienced growing up. But Ahab's are never alone because why? Ahab needs to be needed. And he must have someone else to make his decisions for him. That's an Ahab. You know what that means? This leaves Ahab and the world of Ahab. And if you were an Ahab this morning, unknowingly soliciting satanic uh, uh, seduction, you don't realize the things that you are attracting because you lead like an Ahab does. And Ahab leads like this and he doesn't realize it, although he is doing things right. And everything's in, in front of him behind him. He's attracting something else. Right. He's attracting and soliciting satanic seductions. And who was that seduction in Ahab's time? Jezebel. Who marries a woman with Bell in her name? Period. No. <laughs> I mean, you should think about it at least. Jesus is a savior, not you. So don't go marry someone because you want to save them. That's not, that's not good. I'm going to go move on before I get in trouble. Saints, the spirit of Jezebel is well known, but rarely confronted. Because she is most often hiding behind Ahab, controlling the environment. 
She doesn't only control the environment, she'll control the bedroom. She not only controls the bedroom, she'll, she wants to control the emotional conditions of Ahab's realm of authority. These two run hand in hand together. Jezebel is always found in covenant, yet she's very independent. Jezebel is manipulative. Jezebel is never repentive. Jezebel is easy on the eyes and she's attractive in public, but she's aggressively dominating in private. Saints, Jezebel only desires to get in bed with those who carry authority and actually can reproduce leadership. That's why she's often found as, as in the form of a female, but she's not always found in the form of a female. Jen and I were discussing this the other day, right? When we find ourselves in this place, I'm often a Jezebel and she's often an Ahab. I said, thank you for that revelation, Jen. <laughs> You think I'm preaching to you? I'm preaching to me. It's okay we just talk about the real issues of the heart? Too many people have pampered you for too long. It's time that somebody gives you meat and actually causes you and challenges you and charges you to grow up. This often looks like a wife who consistently asks her husband of why he hasn't gotten that promotion at work yet. Or why, why the pastors haven't talked to you yet about, you know, uh, being a, a, a leader of some sort or a deacon or a pastor or a church planner or something with a title. She's behind the scenes just like, why? Why not yet? Why not? You're like, you're sweet. I love you and you're attractive, but I don't really get that. That feels like you're prodding me. This is why Jezebel is most likely found in your church. Because the spirit of Jezebel wants to be close to husbands. She wants to be close to potential leaders. And how does she do that? She says to herself, well, if I can just get close to the bride, I can get close to the husband. If I can get close to the bride, I can get close to the husband. You see, she's not always the bride or in the bride. She's the wicked bridemaid. Because she's close enough. If I can get close enough, then I can get to the husband. Saints, although Jezebel lives to get close to the husband, she also lives to get close to our husband, Yeshua, by being close to you, the bride, she's already got a puppet. I'm sorry, I mean a husband. Why? Because Jezebel has no problem with being furiously devoted. She's devoted. She's loyal. She's all those things. But like one pastor said, that's not her husband, right? She's not devoted to her husband. She's devoted to her demons. Jezebel's no wife. She's a witch. And she loves to procreate with Ahab. She loves to procreate with passive leaders. So, man, if you're in here and you're a leader and you are, period, by birth, then passivity might be an area that promotes something that you didn't know you were getting. I got your attention this morning. Yeah, men are natural born leaders. And if you are passive, you may be soliciting demonic seduction. If you are married, you are drawing out, you may be drawing out your wife's neighbors, her negative or unbiblical characteristics in her. So you should stop that. You ever need to pray about a word from the Lord or what it actually to do about this complicated situation? And, and he speaks to you and he's just like, stop it. <laughs> You're like, 
Thank you, Lord. They're like, that's profound. <laughs> but extremely difficult. Why? Because there's still rebellion in your heart and you've been hanging out. Right? Now you haven't Jezebel too long. Saints, in your Bible, Ahab is a passive leader who married an aggressive partner. Ever seen those? There are probably none of those in there in this morning. You know what passive, right? Let me talk to the men for a minute. Can I do that? Is that okay? I feel like if we win the men, we win the homes. You know what passive is, right? So I pass on the opportunity to make a decision on where we go to lunch. I pass on the opportunity to go on the decision of where we, the final decision of where we go to the vacation. I pass on the decision, right, uh, of how to discipline our children. I, I pass on the opportunity to interact with my children by putting a, a screen in front of them and letting it parent them instead of me. I just pass. Is that not relevant? I'm trying to be like relevant. That's a thing. <laughs> I pass on the opportunity to spend time in the word with Jesus. I pass on the opportunity to spend time in prayer. I'll be honest, when I said like a minimal for prayer was an hour, you're like, okay, it's been a minute since I prayed then. I don't know. I just get my instructions from the word and I do that. I pass on the opportunity to pray for an hour, right? Even though I'm a grown man and instead... I go play a video game. I pass. Even though I am a grown man. I pass. I pass on the opportunity to speak first, even though I'm a man in a, with a prophetic word or a word of scripture, right? Or a word of correction or a word of direction in a corporate setting. I pass and I let the women do it for me. I pass. Wow. You are passive. You are Ahab. I just did a funeral not too long ago of a family member and I was kind of nervous because it was lots of lost people and like one or two bright lights in there. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, praise God, you know, you didn't walk in with any friends. Don't plan to walk out with any. And I think I can use that and you can say what I need you to say and then we're good, right? And I'm like, hey, man, I can do that. <laughs> well, I consider many of you friends. That makes these type of words harder, but I'm going to do it anyway because I love you. Yes. Thank you. Pastor Casey was telling me, right, <clears throat> that what, somewhere around 80 years ago in World War II, men that were simply like 18 years old stormed the beaches of Normandy. 18. Men who were 25 actually led the armies, right, into these battles. 25 years old led the armies into these battles in World War II, an entire world war hinged on the back of 18 to 40 year olds 40 year old generals that means I'm behind the scene I'm behind the mark I'm 45 now I've yet I've yet to lead an army in World War II but we might have World War III and let's see well just pray for the opportunity In our generation, the majority of 25-year-olds want to be able to tear down every stronghold, but they, don't, they can't muster up the power to turn off the TV and spend time with God. They can't muster the, the Holy Ghost power to put their phone away in a corporate setting. 
right? And actually look at each other instead of their phone. If that's you, you're an Ahab. I pass, I pass, I pass, I pass, I pass. In the name of Jesus, I pass. I'm a passive man. I'm a passive leader. I'm a passive man. I'm a child raised by Ahab. Friends, Ahab was given influence in the kingdom of God, was he not? You have been given influence in the kingdom of God, have you not? If you don't know that, stick around for a little while and you'll realize that you do. We're going to make sure that you know that. You've been, given, you've been given influence in this world and you are meant to, Genesis says, subdue and multiply the image and likeness of God. The very authority that was given to you was not just for you. It was for other people. Your words are the very oracles of God when they are his words. Your spirit is aligned with his and you're doing his will. That is powerful. But it's not very powerful when you live like Ahab and make covenant with Jezebel. Saints, Jezebel are those of you who seek to control passive influence behind the scenes. It's something you don't even know that you're doing. If you're married, it usually it is usually in the bedroom. If you're not, it's usually when you when you seek weak when you see weak leadership present itself as an opportunity to you. Oh, there it is. I should probably do that. I should probably step in. <laughs> this is the definition of an unholy alliance. And this is what you're seeing in the narrative in Second Kings. It's a partnership of weakness and a union that can only reproduce a problem child. And that's exactly what happened, didn't it? This is exactly what the last generation has done and what you are up against and those here who have denounce the allegiance of the kingdom of Ahab and its seductive spirit like Jezebel are called to actually do something about it. You're actually called to be made in the image and the likeness of God himself, which is his son, Yeshua Messiah, Christ Jesus, and actually take over the uh, take over the atmospheres in which you walk into by the authority that you have. But you know how his authority actually makes a stamp on the actual situation. It's the character of Christ. You don't actually talk about a Jesus you don't know. You live like one that you are married to. The gospel's best preached when you just shut up and let your life actually demonstrate it. This is what Revelation 2 is saying for us. You can turn there in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 18 in case you were thinking that this was an archaic idea of something that happened a long time ago and you're of the camp that your Older Testament is something that you need to knock the dust off of at some point in your life when you're about 40 and finally grown into it. That is foolishness, saints. That's where you start. The Newer Testament is commentary on your Older, older Testament. You have 66 inspired books of your Bible. That is a powerhouse in your life and the demonic deterrence that you actually need to put in practice. Revelation 2, <clears throat> this is what Jesus says to the end time church. We have already established, biblically speaking, that we are the end time church. Well, right here in chapter 2 and verse 18, this is where the spirit of Ahab, Jezebel, and what they have produced are in fact very alive and very active. So this morning, I want you to take an honest assessment of what you are. So that you might know that you either need to repent or rejoice. That you're actually in a good place 
and you're advancing the kingdom on every avenue. Are you with me this morning? Revelation 2 verse 18 says, To the angel of the church of Thyatira, right? The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire. Come on, prophetic words this morning. And whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works. If Jesus showed up to you and said that to you today, would you be like, awesome, let's talk about it. Or like, well, that should tell you whether you have room to grow or not. When I read it, I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, that's where I'm at in life. (laughs) Your love and your faith and your servants and your patient endurance. Somebody get out of boy on that one. You're like, yeah, I want him to say those things about me. He show up. And that your latter works exceed the first. Praise God, you're growing. But I have this against you. You tolerate. Saints, toleration is the subtle erosion factor of every soul that means well. The road to hell is paved with, with good intentions. But tolerance is the thing that erodes every one of you when you mean well. The church of Thyatira was commended for some excellent things that some of us are still working to actually produce in our own life. And then Jesus comes in and says, amen, and you tolerate. What do you tolerate? You tolerate that woman Jezebel. I'm sorry, I thought she was dead some 900 years ago. No, she wasn't. The spirit of Jezebel was alive and well in an end time church. Who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food, sacrifice to idols. I gave her time to repent, grace, but she refuses to repent, rebellion, of her sexual immorality, something she tolerates, and they tolerate with her. Behold, I will throw her on a sick bed, sickness coming from toleration, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation. Sometimes tribulation isn't something that you're getting because you're standing for righteousness. Some tribulation you're getting is for your own poor behavior. Unless they repent of her works, he commended their works and condemned her works. That's an unholy alliance that they partnered with. Or else I'm going to strike her dead. No, her children dead. The spirit of Jezebel can reproduce in an end time church. There's some things unseen among us, saints, that we need to become aware of this morning. Can we do that? Who did Jezebel produce? Athaliah. The spirit of God and the spirit of Athaliah are not compatible they are not compatible compatible (laughs) compatible and they will not cohabitate the spirit of God that's living in you will wrestle against you if you're going against the will of God you know that Paul writes about it right the Lord himself will bear up arms because he loves you it's like a good parent right who raising a child and saying I appreciate that but uh no we're not going there you're not going to go there Right. And if you do, you're going to have to get through me to do it. That's a good father. That's a good father. So what does that mean? If you relate to Ahab, if you relate to Jezebel, if you relate to Athaliah, you must put those relations to death because the spirit of God is already aiming at that. Are you with me this morning? What does it go on to say? And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the hearts and who searches the minds. And I will give to each according 
to his beliefs. I will give, I will give to each according to his well-crafted doctrines. I will give to each according to his church attendance and his ability to pray for many hours. No, 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 no. I will give to him according to what he produced. You ever, you ever meet somebody that are far more intelligent than you? I do all the time, right? Many of you in here, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Bible students everywhere. And I'm like, I, I appreciate that, right? Yeah, and be honest, when I meet a, a man for the first time, I'm really, I'm really anxious about meeting his wife because I want to see how his ministry's going. When I meet a man and a woman, I'm really interested in seeing their children because I, I want to see how well they pastor. When I see a family, I want to see whether they're secluded in an island in their own self or whether they have other people surrounding them. Because I, get to I don't get to judge your heart. Jesus only gave me the opportunity to judge your fruit. This actually reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. In verse 16, we're going to put it on the screen for you. <clears throat> These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches how many things? All things. Even the deep things of God. Many of you are here because you're done with shallow Christianity. It's a thing. We don't like to talk about it because we're worried whether that we bring negativity to light. Saints, you've got to call things for what it is, Right? And then don't spend your life tearing down something. Just spend your life building up others. Amen. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? If the same, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. <laughs> That's for, just remember that for some of you who said the Lord said, like daily. The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. I appreciate that. Abraham like heard from the Lord like a handful of times in his entire life. What we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Wow. Do you know there's many things he's given you that you have not actually experienced yet? Yeah. yeah. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. You know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is far more than just getting you to speak in tongues, be able to prophesy or get a new dream. It's to fill you and empower you to actually do the word, to do the word, to do the will of the Lord. That's impossible for you without it. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. You ever meet one of those? Yeah, I used to be one of those and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. What Ezekiel saw when he looked at a valley was dry bones, but what the spirit showed him was something different, right? Yeah, there's something going on in our generation today that I want to talk to you about as well so that you might have eyes to see what the spirit sees. The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things. Anybody get those, you know, you can't judge me, only God can judge me? Jesus didn't say that. He said, judge rightly. Mm -hmm. And if you can't judge rightly, don't judge. Yeah. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have, we possess, we currently have the mind of Christ. Amen. That's, that, that's, that's the realm of, of mental spiritual warfare. Right. It's easy. Stop rebelling. Yeah. 
It's not that hard. Just stop rebelling and the mind of Christ will take over. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Messiah Yeshua. Did you know that? The The unveiling of, the revealing of, like a scroll being rolled out. You are literally seeing into the mentality of Messiah. In the book of Revelation, you are seeing how he sees. You are listening to his language. You are getting a feel for the world that he lives in. It's much different than yours, right? It is. And that's a challenge that we have to accept each day. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 24 says, But the rest of you in Thyatira, (coughs) somebody say Thyatira. Who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. Wow. They call them that and you still do them anyway. I mean, that says something. And he's talking to believers. To you, I say, do not lay. I, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only this. Hold fast to what you have until I come. So many of us are so preoccupied about what we don't have when we should be asphyxiated on what we do have. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end to him. Watch this. I will give authority over the nations. Man, that is a gem hiding in a whole complicated subject. And he will rule them with the rod of iron. And when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church is. Hmm. Saints, the end time church of Thyatira, watch this, whose name literally means odor of affliction. Jesus says, I am well aware of your amazing accomplishments. But do not rest on them. That'll help you not be self-righteous. That one really stinks, by the way. I am not unaware, he says, of your ever increasing achievements in my kingdom and your ability to endure extremely overwhelming and difficult times. But do not let your victories at the front door distract you from what's coming in the back door. In the days of Revelation 2, far removed from the days of Ahab, far removed from the days of Jezebel, far removed from the days of 2 Kings 11, the same issue is at hand that we face here today. In Revelation 2, those who were destined for authority in the nations, just like we are in the one association of churches, were susceptible to one particular demonic generational debilitation. Listen to me this morning. What the Ahabs and the Jezebels of this world can produce and affect our generation and our righteous offspring. What they produce can actually stop what the next generation is supposed to take the torch of and actually produce. Most people don't even recognize this because, well, they're still living for themselves and not for those who are coming behind them. I'm a grandpa now. Really helps revelation. Wow, I'm not living for me. I'm living for the third generation. What happens if we all start living for the third generation? 
So many of us love Jesus. We're accomplishing amazing, amazing things. But let's be honest. You're just trying to still create your own platform. Ahab and Jezebel is the last generation's issue in this narrative. Our generation's problem is what leaders like them have produced. We are your pastors. We understand your issues. We understand your, your areas of unforgiveness and the places where you're wounded and you're hurt. We get it. Our generation's problem is what the leaders like them have produced, what the parents like them have produced, what the weak-willed men and leap, leap, limp leadership of the last 70 years have produced and what they have handed you. Their compromise has become your captivity. Jezebel surrounded herself with eunuchs. Do you remember that? We have been handed people who are called by God, but have no idea how to produce a single disciple of Jesus Christ, which Matthew 28 says you must do. Go with all the authority given you. Immerse them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to obey me in all things, right? Making disciples of Jesus Christ. Not of you, of Jesus Christ. Right? Ahab was happy to be enthroned and happy to be called the son of God. Is that you this morning? Yeah. yeah. But he was just excited to do nothing with what was given him. Saints, we have been handed a generation that loves to sit and soak in their salvation and do nothing with it. That's what you've been born into. Many of our past generations were amazing. Praise God for the things that they did accomplish. But whatever they tolerated and left unconfronted because they were passive is now the prisons that many of you are fighting to get free from. In order just to move forward in the things that you know God has asked of you. And it's devastating some of your walks because you are fighting this generation's demons which were conceived out of the last generation's compromises. What should that teach us this morning? Compromise is the seat of demonic conception. And you are not exempt from it. Hmm. Authority in the nations, right? That's a dirty word these days, like submission is. Authority. Why? Because people hurt people with authority. They wound people to authority. And then they toss out the baby with the bathwater and they're like, nah, I don't even do that anymore. Yeah. People? Like Christianity, the, church, the people of God? Nah, I'll just do it by myself. <laughs> uh, how's that working for you? Who was it that Ahab and Jezebel conceived? Who was it that ruled the land in a time when Joash, the upcoming leader, was getting ready to be ordained? Second Kings 11, 1, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family. <laughs> Not just the one responsible person, the entire thing. I think she had some preconceived motives. When Jehoshiba, the daughter of King Jehoram, the sister of Ahaziah, 
Ahaziah, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah. So he wasn't killed. He remained hidden with his nurse at the temple of the Lord for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. Saints, you know what Athaliah means? It means afflicted by God. Interesting. What did Thyatira mean? Odor of affliction. Saints, in the last days, the days that you live in, your Bible eludes to there being an entire churches that are amazing at gathering lost souls, but like Ahab producing afflicted children. Now wonder the spirit, the orphan spirit is everywhere. Now wonder it's all we have to deal with as pastors. We spend so much time on identity. When we sing, I'm a son and daughter of the living God, it makes your heart leap. There's a reason for that. I know I'm a son and daughter of the living God. But you know what? I've been convinced of that for about 20 years. I got it. And because I got it, I work from it. Amen. Not for it. My entire life. You're called to influence this city, aren't you? Yes. Are you called to influence this nation? Yes. How about the nations? Yes. Are you called to have kingdom influence in this generation? Yes. Then Ahab and Jezebel have to be gone. But so do their leftovers. Ahab and Jezebel are gone in this particular narrative in 2 Kings, judged by God and removed from the planet by Jehu. But, that, but what they produced still remains. In 2 Kings, Athaliah seems to come out of nowhere. When you're reading the narrative, you're reading all this and like, and then boom, she's there. And when she strikes, she strikes like a cobra. Boom, she's there. She's there. She's like a snake. She's, she's there out of nowhere. And then, the, and then the poison that she infuses into the family, uh, 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 the kingdom, right, has its way. It's like you need to say off with her head. It's like you need to say off with that, king's, that queen's head. She seems to come out of nowhere like an elusive power lurking in the background, patiently waiting for the next upcoming generation's time to take the throne. She's that thing behind the scenes, the things you're not paying attention to, the things you weren't aware of, the thing that strikes, boom, and it is done. Halloween just passed in this city. Friends, those demons running around and distributing and collecting candy, that was fake. Thalia is real. She's alive and well. She doesn't she does not only <clears throat> she's not only here in spirit, but she's here in character. And we're going to work that out. Amen? Amen. We can't do what Jehu did. Jehu was a had a reckless anointing. Praise God. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And Jehu did not remove the high places. And it bit him in the butt in the end. Thank you. Somebody got it. We must remove the entire lineage, Ahab, Jezebel, Athaliah, all the way to the end. We must finish what we started. 
Saints, in the narrative of 2 Kings, Athalia shows us the product of what happens when you marry passive pansy leadership like Ahab and an undercover, seductive, aggressive control like Jezebel. They marry each other, and what happens? Athalia. As Pastor Landon said, passive and aggressive have made a covenant, and now they have conceived. <laughs> I got your attention this morning. I got you like a little more aware. Yeah. Got, show me what I don't see, Lord. This always produces passive, aggressive, vindictive, petulant children with a sense of entitlement and a vengeance against the sons and daughters of God. Because of their inner wounds that came from dysfunctional environments and self-inflicted wounds stemming, watch this, from believing in righteousness but never walking in it. If that's you, you're not Ahab, you're not Jezebel, you're Athaliah. The Athalias of this world are not so much afflicted by God as they are afflicted by the past generations that claim to rule for God, yet compromise. They compromise in his word and they compromise in the things of the spirit and they tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. You know what that does? That hurts people. It hurts people. And it should hurt the leadership of this generation that they're not seduced by those things, nor walk in that type of leadership. And they themselves then hurt people, too. We're supposed to be a healing place for a hurting world. A refuge for all those around here who have been attending many places but never healed. Saints, festering wounds don't get anywhere. Jesus came to totally heal you and make you whole and make you happy and make you joyful and make you powerful. And for the love of God, somebody needs to actually step up and want to be that for you. Have any of you grown up and realize that you're more like your parents than you thought? What about at the same time, you're obviously a lot different? How many of you are a perfect mix of your parents? That's me. <laughs> it's like just a few of us. It's a rare thing, I guess. Yeah, Dylan, you are. You have the beauty of your mother. <laughs> and the intelligence of your father. <laughs> One for me. <laughs> Santa Athalia was a perfect mix of both. She is Ahab and Jezebel 2.0, but she's learned from their mistakes. She was patient and elusive. She didn't care so much about the current generation like her mother did. She was devoted to the destruction of the upcoming next generation. While the Jehus and the Elishas of this world are preoccupied with the front line, like many of us that are getting our marriages right, like many of us that are getting our ministries right, your ministry, that's <laughs> a funny thing, like many of us, who are seeking authority over the nations. Athalia was the one paying attention to their children, paying attention to your ability to reproduce, paying attention to your future while you're just paying attention to the front line. Many of you raised your hand. You say you were called to the nations. What are you going to do when you get there? Build your own platform? You should stay where you're at. You should wash the feet of, of the current local body until you get that right in your heart if you're going there to get a name title or something else 
you're going to get sniped out and assassinated by the spirit of Athaliah. The spirit of Athaliah thinks a few steps ahead of you. She's already there. She's the one that puts a snare right on the other side of that great godly accomplishment. I did it. Look at that. I did a great feat for Jesus. Praise the Lord. And like Elijah, you're hiding in a cave the next day. I wonder why. Saints, the text says that Athaliah usurped the throne. She rose to power and she ruled the land for how many years? Six years. Saints, that is the exact same time as Joash. The same time that he was hidden away. The same exact time that Joash was hidden away, Athaliah's ruling the throne. Wow. Does that not say anything to you? The next generation of leadership was being raised at the same time that Athaliah was enthroned simultaneously. For the exact the same amount of time that Joash was hidden away, the next generation of leaders were being hidden away. They were being raised to be enthroned. And at the same time, the spirit of Athaliah ruled the throne that they were meant to be seated on. You understand the spirit of Athaliah? Let's get a little deeper for a moment, right? It's that spirit that says, I'm an afflicted child. Any of you ever feel that way? Her name is God afflicted. It's that spirit that says, I'm an afflicted child. It's the results of leaders who were called yet decided to be passive and seduced. And they, used, and they reigned anyway. And it then produced children that we are now having to pastor. The spirit of grown men and women who are called, but instead are bent to revenge because of the environment that they came from. There's, there might be revenge in your heart and you don't even know it. You could be the sweetest person on the planet, but be vengeful. You don't realize that you're always trying to get back because you think that you came out of, you think you were entitled to a better birth, a better genealogy, a better family to come up and out of. And because of that, there's some vengeance left in your heart. And because you love the Lord and you're doing amazing things, but every now and then you just stab your brother and sister in the back just a little bit. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. There's something in there that you have not given Jesus authority in yet. Are we digging a little bit this morning? Oh, I came to dig. And friends, the spirit of Ahab, the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Athaliah, it's not gender specific. It's gender neutral. Oh, y'all have heard that word before. I didn't make it up. I got to learn these things. But it's true. You can be a male Jezebel and you can be a female Ahab. Athalia is a gender neutral spirit. As some commentators said, she sat on the throne with a fake beard and a scepter telling everybody what their identity was. Tell me that spirit's not alive and well today. This is what you are. This is who you are. This is what you. The spirit of confusion. All because the she sits on the throne instead of future kings sitting on the throne. But we're going to change that. 
It's almost like Athaliah was hand-raised and groomed by Satan to oppose the upcoming young leadership. She's groomed at the same time for the exact same time. She was handcrafted by the enemy for this generation. It's almost like the Bible's trying to teach you that although it's a new generation, it's the same old demons. Have any of you been in the kingdom for more than 10 years? Praise the Lord. Look at all the lost souls that came in. You have something to offer. You have something to offer. You have testimony. You have witness. You bear witness to Yeshua. You bear witness to what he can do. Your transformed life. Anybody who's been transformed by Jesus? Right? You have something to offer. You have something to give. You need to take the muzzle off and actually speak up. Step up and do something with what has been given to you. Ask yourself this. While I am out on the front line working hard to provide for my family, working hard to cultivate my friendships, working hard to cultivate my wife, working passionately advancing the kingdom, what elusive, passive, aggressive power is lurking in the halls of my home, hunting the generation's upcoming leadership, seeking to usurp their throne and abort their calling? What power or principality is lurking in the background planning to unseed what you have planted in faith? As soon as it finds me passively guarding or totally tolerating things that Yeshua Christ Jesus would not tolerate himself. Welcome to Denton, Texas. I've been here for five years. And the principality over this area says, listen, just don't talk about it. You're good. You're well taking care of people. You got jobs. You got people. You got family. You got support. Don't mess that up. Don't talk about it. Athalia was the product of the past generation's unholy unions. She was the worst of both parties and the best of neither. Athalia was twice the witch that her mother was. Jezebel, friends, seduced those on the throne, but Athalia usurps those destined for it. You see the difference? Jezebel lives near the throne. Athalia was not satisfied until she sat on the throne. Jezebel was after her current generation. Athalia was after the next. Athalia was the product of spiritually abusive, called families that produced an afflicted child who seeks to heal their wounds by destroying others and is not satisfied until she assassinates the entire family of God, even if it takes eliminate her own family to achieve it. Wow. There's a warfare on the families, saints. Athalia represents the generation's subtle aggression to the seed. She's the spirit. She's the spirit of subtle aggression to the seed. The same thing that the church of Thyatira was warned about in the middle of massive success. Man, he's really good to us. He's really, really good to us. He'll say, hey, 
a good father says, you are, this is amazing in your life. This is amazing in your life. This is amazing in your life. And then he just stone cold says, yeah, but that's satanic. And you know what it does? It tests your relationship. Are you still insecure with your father this morning? Or do you, are you securely seated at a table like you do at your own dinner tables and you conversate and you have intimate conversation with one another? If you do that, then you can have the hard conversation and you won't be offended. But if you're shallow, you can't have deep conversation because everything offends you. And offense is the bait that pulls you away, places you in a corner so that the devil can beat the hell out of you, seclude you, and have you walk in your own way. Don't go there, saints. How did Israel start this decline? Unholy alliances. What vehicle did it get her there? Revelation 2 says it. Tolerance. Tolerance. Man, you say the word holiness today. People are thinking about, um, what's that word we use? Um, legalism. You say holiness, they say legalism. No, holiness is set apart. We were singing, holy. you feel the spirit move when you sing to the Lord about holiness? Who's filled with the Holy Spirit? then you're, you're filled with the spirit of being set apart. That means you will constantly in your life always be being set apart. Set apart from what? Set apart from the things of this world and everything that their culture tries to create, right? You carry kingdom culture. Where you go, you set culture. And your culture, the constitution of your culture is the word of God. The empowerment to carry that out is the Holy Spirit that you are filled with so that you can accomplish those things and he can be magnified in your life. Do you care about that? Yes. Tolerance. She tolerates some other way than which was demonstrated to her. Not even one generation removed from God in the flesh showing up on the planet. Church of Thyatira. You get that? That's not very long, saints. Anybody got a grandma or grandpa in this place? Right? Maybe 80s, 90s? Yeah. That's not that long. Yeshua ascends to heaven. He leaves. Right? The church is behind. Right? Empowers them. You can do what I do. Right? And they're already tolerating some things of Jezebel and slipping into something that creates and makes them an Ahab. Saint Sathalia was... An in-house issue, not an out-of-house issue, as much as she stunk. <laughs> I want you to get that this morning. When we're looking in the narrative of 2 Kings, we're looking into the people of God. Do you understand when you read your Bible and you read about Israel? You're saying, that's, my, that's Yahweh's chosen nation. It's his family. He put his stamp on her, right? He'll never reject her, right? When you're, lo you're looking at in-house issues, Right. We're reading Revelation two. We're reading about in church issues in the body of Christ. Not not the church with the steeple and the people, the actual people like right here, right now. Got it. Right. In-house issues. We're talking about in-house issues this morning. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. We don't come preach to you. We talk about us. Matthew 16, 26 says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits? That damages his soul. Or what shall a man give in return? Compensation for a soul. What, can, what kind of compensation could you give in return for your soul? Revelation is a striking warning. Not to those who are losing, but rather to those who are winning like us. Are you winning, saints? Yes. Are you winning? Yes. Well, Jehu had a...
powerful, godly, reckless anointing. We saw that. That completely carried out what God asked of him. But Jehu was the one who dethroned the entire lineage except for one. And although, although Jehu's victories left a legacy in his generation, what he tolerated was what left an impact. Men like Jehu may dethrone those that do not belong, but if we tolerate empty thrones because we do not think that the next generation is ready, that upcoming generation will be assassinated by the spirit of Athalia in this present age. Saints, where God's patience ends, God's judgment begins. And this generation, America, is under judgment. In case you didn't realize that, you can just look at our government or the plague of abortion or whatever you want to point to. It's clear. But God judges what he loves, right? Judgment is always for correction. It's an affection of God to get people to repent and turn back to him so that they might live. But for every people who are under judgment, saints, God raises a remnant that is seeking justice. And a people that will rise to restore righteousness of his throne. Amen? Amen. Let's turn towards the solution now. Second Kings chapter 11, verse 13, as we begin to wrap this up. Second Kings eleven thirteen. 13, when... <clears throat> when Athalia heard the noise made by the guards and the people, the people coming to her to actually dethrone her. When the people decided to stop tolerating that which dominated them, she went to the people at the temple of the Lord. She looked and there was a king standing by the pillar, as was the custom. The officers and the trumpeteers were behind the king and all the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. They were rejoicing. The victory hadn't been won, but they believed it was going to be. Then Athalia tore her robes and called out treason, treason. Wow. And Jehoiada, the priest, ordered the commanders of the units of hundreds who were in charge of the troops Bring her out between the ranks and put to the sword anyone who follows her. Will you do it? For the priest had said, she must not be put to death in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her as she reached the place where the horses entered the palace grounds. And there she was put to death. Wow. Those who trust in chariots and horses. Will never win. It's interesting where she was put to death. That's another message. Luke 8, 17 says, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known nor come to light. That's insightful. Every in-house issue that you tolerate will eventually have to be brought into the light. Saints, that's not the function of a lone prophet. Did you hear me? That's not the function of a lone prophet. That's the function of an entire priesthood. You're about to find out the solution to Athalia is an entire priesthood. 
We live in a generation where so many have left churches because they are left unchanged by this lip leadership coming from those who were afflicted in homes raised like these type of homes, dysfunctional environments. The leadership that people are receiving are coming from those who abuse authority because they themselves were raised by dysfunctional compromised leaders. And they are now our leaders. And the best thing that has happened to them is that they left the church. It's the best thing they happened. I love that COVID came and it shut the doors of the churches because they were offering unholy fires. And it gave some people time to pause and ask ourselves, is this God? They left the churches and they were brought out into the light so that they could not end up like the leadership that were leading them. Those who lead like this and produce this should be seized and exposed just like Athalia was. They should be brought out in the open, snatched off their thrones, removed, dethroned. If you don't believe me, just see how the spirit of the Lord dealt with these type of people. Saints, those who ran from this should have something real, should have something honest, should have something else healthy to run to. They ran from this rightly, but there should be something else to run to. They are not wrong because they will not deem the doors of churches in this land, saints. We are wrong if we don't build something that they cannot help run to. And in order order to do that, we have to stop living our individual lives, doing our own thing and come together as a corporate body so that we might build a house of God, a family of God, a dinner table of God for the sons and daughters to run to so that they might know who they are, whose they are, and what they're actually called to accomplish. Athaliah is, nope, Athali. I'm Cajun, I can't help it. It makes three languages. <laughs> Athalia is passive like Ahab, but she's aggressive like her mother. And this spirit will take confident, bold, and spiritually violent men and women who know who they are, who know the will of God and who know how to seize the moment in these times for the sake of the seed. Said so for the sake of the seed, for the sake of your seed, for the sake of the generations to come. We have learned that you cannot preach this nor penalize this out of people. Did you hear me? You can't preach this, teach this, nor penalize this out of people. You must transplant them into something healthy, something whole, while they learn to heal and while they learn to trust again. That means it's time for open transparency, not hidden identity issues. Open transparency. They don't, people don't need your well-articulated six points and a poem and your fantastic theological mind to sit down and work through all their garbage, they need you to be real and they need your doors to be open and they need you to be available. And they need to, 
They need you to let them in and watch you fail and to watch you get it right. Moses was one man with a stick. I got branches out there. Go get one and get in the will of God. Amen. Well, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm a full-grown man and woman. Oh, <laughs> praise God. Yes, but you may be inviting that interior, right? You're a full-grown man and woman, and, and let's be honest, some of you are still fighting in the interior of your heart, right? You want to be a, a group leader, a pastor, an elder, a church planner, or something, or whatever, right? You're so caught up with the Jezebels trying to seduce you while... The Athalias are maturing in the background, waiting for the time to assassinate your children's call on the front line. You see that happening? I love Jesus. I'm doing amazing things. I'm winning. Praise God you're winning. I'm talking about the spirit, right, that takes revenge because you're winning. I'm talking about the thing creeping in the back door because you are very good at watching the front door. Well, I have a family ministry. Everything that right, I do, my family does as well. <laughs> Amen. So mine too. But the spirit of self-ambition is, is as passive as Ahab and deceptive as Jezebel. And both of them could have made the same claim to a family ministry. While it was what they themselves produced that sought to eliminate the upcoming generation. You don't realize you, you need to know the word of God, be in the will of God to make sure that you're not an instrument of, instrument of Satan. How do you know? <laughs> uh, the spirit will not be dethroned by any one man, saints. This spirit will not. Jehu removed single-handedly with some help of his brothers and Ahab, a Jezebel, uh, Ahaziah. Why didn't he move? why didn't he remove her because she doesn't get removed by herself it took an entire priesthood of people to move her to remove her she was a network she's like a wicked web she didn't show herself until she had already politically orchestrated an entire team to usurp the throne wow look around saints in this room there are men and women. There is a kingdom of priests and there's an upcoming generation of future kings and future priests waiting to be crowned in their calling. But there is a passive, aggressive, subtle warfare seeking to usurp that seed that they are going to need an entire family to surround them, to preserve them, are you that family? Yes. Praise God, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a family because we are breaking down institutional demonic seductive things that have crept into all of our hearts. Second Kings eleven seventeen. Jehoiada then made a covenant between the Lord Jehoiada then made a covenant between the king, 
Jehoiada then made a covenant with the people. And they, say they, they, they would be the Lord's people. That was their covenant. We will be the Lord's people. We will not be, we will not follow Apollos. We will not follow Paul. We're going to follow the Lord and it's going to look like a corporate anointing. Is there any older priest in the house that would say, I will be part of the Lord's people? Any in this place this morning? Is there, any? I'm an older priest, yes, yes. Nobody wants to admit to being old, I get it. Is there any younger kings in the house that would say, I will be part of the Lord's people? Is there any parents that would say, they, my children, will be the Lord's children? Praise God, because for every demonic strategy, there is always a divine solution already in place. You just need to say yes. And he also made a covenant between the king and the people. Verse 18, and all the people say all, all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and they tore that down. They smashed the altars and the idols to pieces and they killed Matai and the priest of Baal in front of the altars. They totally eliminated it. They did not stop with the one seated upon the throne. They stopped with the unseen things that have been haunting that child since she was born into the house of Ahab and Jezebel. No longer can we adults advance the kingdom in the name of our children at the cost of our children. If you're, if you're 12 years of age in this house, the Bible calls you an adult. Are you living for yourself? Are you living for the next generation? Are your 12-year-olds still focused and living on themselves for themselves? Or are they living for the next generation's parents? Because it's your job to teach them the way they should walk in. They may be just walking as you walk. Athaliah ruled for six years. Joash was hidden for six years. Athaliah was a custom-created demonic entity just created for the upcoming generation while the previous generation is preoccupied with the front line. All the people of the land meant women and children, included saints. We do not need another revival we don't need another revival that peaks. We can put a tent out here tomorrow. I promise you we can gather hundreds and hundreds and thousands of souls in this place. Is that a right use of the resources of the kingdom? No, we don't need a revival that peaks and goes away. We need a holy revolution of priests and kings that arise up and say, I'm going to give my life for the next generation. I'm going to give my life to make sure they succeed. I'm done with living for me. I'm only going to live for them. That's all it is. That's what it costs me. That's a small price. We need a holy revolution of families. So many people don't have a church family. They just go to an institution and, hey, praise God. I was able to jump up and down today. Amen. Break loose of those chains. But take your feet out of the demonic mud of things who keep you there and never let you grow closer to the one standing seated on your left and right. We need a revolution of holy families that tear down strongholds together. Amen. 
We need a revolution of holy families that expose archons together. Amen? We need a holy family that demolish every pretension and principality that attempts to usurp the throne of righteousness and hinder the advancement of the kingdom in our generation, their generation, and their generation's generation. This is what it says. Then Jehoiada the priest posted guards at the temple of the Lord. Where do you get your instructions from? I get mine from the word. How do we, how do we actually organize and run this church? We pray to the Lord and, and we ask his spirit to illuminate the scripture and show us how to do things. You know what he's done? He's done that again. He says, then after you tear down the idols, once you actually remove from the throne this demonic entity and the throne's empty, don't leave it that way. Don't leave it that way. Make sure it's filled with the future kings, with the next generation. Make sure you're putting them on your shoulders, propping them up, and making sure that they actually meet their mark. And how do you do that? He says it here. Then Jehoiada, that old priest, that priest, he posted guards at the temple of the Lord. You just saw Remnant Church ordain three more priests in the house of this, uh, in this house of God. Amen. That's the first of many. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's the first of many. That's what we were called to do. We were called here to make sure you reach your potential, not just sit and soak in it. Verse 19, he took with him the commanders of hundreds, those Karaites, those Gentile elite seal team. Amen. That's a good word in case y'all missed that last week. So many are word, so many are word that you're never going to become a pastor or something. What if you're called to be the elite? Seal team six. And if you become a pastor, then you got to, I mean, that's where you're at. You got to be with the sheep and you can't take all the sheep into those special situations. You know what I'm saying? You need to know who you are, what you're calling is your target. Amen. And Jehoiada took with him the commanders of hundreds, those Karaites and the guards and all the people of the land. Do you see this collaboration of people actually accomplishing what a single man could not in a past generation? At this point, Jehu's still alive. He could have did it, but God didn't choose that. He chose this. Remnant is getting ready to split the entire church up into teams. The entire church. So that you can learn how to live like your pastors do. Like the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 42 says. Listen when it says in chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Did you think that they did that all in one place? No. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, because they weren't there yet, but they, when they broke up, they came there. And breaking bread where? In their homes. Not my home. We always do that. It's about turn that you do it in your home. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. That you cook. <laughs> We're not going to stop cooking, but you're going to start cooking. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who are being healed. Second Kings eleven nineteen 19 said it like this. And together, somebody say together. 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 
They brought the king down from the temple of the Lord and went into the palace. Man, do you want to magnify Yeshua in this land? Then it only happens together. Ephesians 4, 9 is a key part of our ministry here. What uh, 4, 9 says, what does he ascend mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the entire cosmos. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Are you his people? Yeah, you, you people called to be equipped for the works of this ministry that God must accomplish in this land. And he gets to do it through you. Amen. Amen. So that the body of Christ might be built up until we reach the unity in faith. Are, are we unified in the faith globally? No. So what do we do until then? We build up the local bodies as they multiply and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ man all of us have part I'm gonna tell you that right now we all got part of the fullness of Jesus Christ we all got part some of us got the part right have part of Messiah Yeshua others of us have part of Jesus Christ others of us have part in all these different ways that it works itself out we all got part but when we come together we all bring something to the table a round table where King Yeshua sits and we seat as securely seated sons and we eat from that table. As Revelation says, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. Hmm. The whole measure. That's what we're after, saints. Then we will no longer be infants. Yeah, he just called you a baby. Tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful schemes. They don't even know they're being puppeteered. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. If we don't do that, we can never make Israel envious. Back to 2 Kings eleven nineteen, And they entered by the way of the gates the guards the people entered in by the way just as those did who entered in the way like in the book of acts before them any preservation in the house preservationists in the house of god i am i'm preserving a way of life i'm preserving a way of life so that you might have an opportunity to see it take it and grow it that narrow way that's what jesus called it when we do so, this will happen. And then the king then took his place on the royal throne. Wow. Man, it's a powerful narrative. How many of you falling asleep right now? It's because the word is heavy. Not just because it's hot in here. It's because this word sits on point in your heart. And you're like, dang. It's because you've been crowned. You've been crowned with a cross. And you're called to carry it. And that cross is the generations coming after you. And the king then took his place on a royal throne. And all the people of the land rejoiced. And the city was calm, at peace. Guess what? Because Athalia had been slain with the sword at the palace. <laughs> all for their head. 
Take that head of that wretched witch. She's squatting and usurping on something that belongs to our generations. And how and who took it? Scripture said all the people took it. All the people dethroned her. And it says in verse 21, Joash was seven years old <laughs> when he began to reign. Who ain't seven year old in the house? Some men of God in this place might see you a little different than other people do. Wow. That's what it's going to take, saints. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Those who preserve the way for the next generation by allowing them to rule and reign while they are still here to ensure it is the way we're going to have to live. It's time that we allow this body to minister to itself together with the governance of the pastors. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how to do that moving forward. When you are fighting and winning on the front line, how do you see the spirit of Athalia that lives to take advantage of your blind spots. How do you see her? You don't. Your brothers do. You don't see her. She does. And he does. And she does. And he does. That's how you see her. The reason that she was actually dethroned in her wicked little network is because there was already a network of the living God being orchestrated by the powerful hand and Holy Spirit of God that rose up and actually said, we're going to do something about it. Wow. Acts 3 is where we're going to finish today. You can turn there. You can say rigicide when you get there. Now, forgot that word, didn't you? In a time when the throne was occupied with a product of passive men and controlling women when the throne was ruled by passive women and controlling men both ways neither will produce the will of God and neither will gain access to the authority over the nations nor any other that are tolerated we are moving forward and asking God will you give us authority over the nations will you give us authority over this land and the region and this nation and other nations we have we have families in here today that are going to Italy praise God they need authority over that nation but they know that if they go there to build their own ministry that that's going to be their graveyard not the place where they raise up the next generations but they know better than that that's why they're going they're going there for those who are coming after them, not those, not their own personal ambitions. They're going there to gain authority and access to the lost souls that need what you have. And you don't get there by being like Ahab, nor being in covenant with Jezebel, nor being a problem child like Athalia. You get there by being like Jesus. So determine, <coughs> this morning we want to determine in your life to divorce yourself from the seduction of Jezebel. That's in you. Those are you who are in bed with something seductive. Determine to take an honest assessment of Athalia. Those Athalia-like 
characters and those traits that you produced your whole life and do what Jesus told the church of Thyatira to do, what she must do. Repent. Repent is another one of those end time ugly words. But biblically speaking, it's the most beautiful thing you can do. Watch this in Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man was lame from birth and was being carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that was called beautiful. He was asking for alms as they entered the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked them to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John. And he said to him, look at us. Look at me. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from him. But he didn't. What did he receive? Silver and gold we do not have. But what we have, we give you in the name of Yeshua. Get up and walk. Verse 11. And after this happened, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, astounded, ran together with them in the portico called Solomon's colonnade. And when Peter saw it, and when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you share, stare at this? As though by our own power or piety, we have made this man walk. <laughs> the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Yeshua, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead to this. We are witnesses and in his name by faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you see and now know and the faith that is through Yeshua has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. This is the end of our message. In John 19, 19, Yeshua is being crucified on a cross. Do you remember what was written above his head? King of the Jews. Do you remember the languages that was written in? Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. Somewhere around there. It represented Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah. What it was saying was, what a prophetic picture was, he is the king over all mankind. He's not king of the Jews. He's king over all nations. Regicide. The removing of a king. There was a spirit alive in the time of Jesus. Trying to remove a king from his throne. The same spirit of Athalia was alive 900 years ago. It was alive in the days. I'm not. 2,900 years ago, was alive in the days of Yeshua, and it's alive now. But did they remove him from his throne? <laughs> no, they just helped him ascend to his holy throne. There's only one answer for the spirit that is killing our kings. It is a lifestyle of repentance that starts with honest transparency that these things might be in you right now. And now, brothers, I know 
that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. He gave them the benefit of the doubt. But what God foretold by the, by the mouth of all the prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins might be blotted out, and times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord, that he might send the Messiah appointed to you, that is, Yeshua. Saints, you have the opportunity to remove things from your life so that the Messiah can shine through. It's not complicated. You just, it will only cost you your rebellion. That's not that hard, is it? <laughs> Whom heaven must receive until the time restored, where it restores all things about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago when Moses said this. Why care about what Moses said? Because it's the foundation of all things. The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers, whom shall listen to him in whatever uh, you shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed from the people. Do you think God's just ready to remove you from the scene? No. It's that what you partner with in your unholy unions will be removed and you're with them. You will be removed together with them. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him. <laughs> yeah, Samuel's the first one to commit regicide. He removes a king. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father saying to Abraham and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed <laughs> it's not about you the Lord won't be blessed from you the Lord will be blessed from what you produce and if you don't produce then you're just a eunuch sitting on the side of Jezebel but that's not you amen, amen. stand up with me for God has raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you <laughs> from your wickedness. That's my your best life now sermon. Because I know that you will live your best life when you do it. Is it OK that we treat you like adults and give you some meat this morning? Instead of nurse you with milk. Amen. Because Joash didn't stay hidden nursing on his nanny forever. Joash was enthroned and ruled from that place. And so will you.